consciousness that Life, are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome, and you'll never believe where I'm sitting right at this particular moment. I am in the middle of Asia, and it's high noon your time, and it's midnight or thereabouts around here on my time. First of all, I wanted to thank all of you that sent the messages of uh, gratitude for hosting my last show on the tragic killings at the Seat Temple several weeks ago in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. As you can tell by the show that I was a little overtaken by the event because some of you are aware and some of you may not be aware, but I have several close friends who attend that church and we hang out on a regular basis for now about 12 years. So I was grateful that you all reached out and said a big thank you. I really didn't do it for myself. I did it for my friends and what they had to me in the world of spirituality and just being a better person, I'm really happy that they now have national awareness and consciousness of this kind of satanic, sad things that are going on in the world and how we as people really need to come together and stop this kind of horrific event towards these kind of loving people that only just want to live quietly and happy like the rest of us in America. My only regret in the whole thing is that lives had to be sacrificed in order for that awareness to happen, but let's not make those losses in vain and keep the dialogue going about greater inclusion rather than exclusion. You know, I really felt like it was an awkward time now for me to be leaving my friends and going on a pleasure trip to here in Asia, but maybe once I stopped and started thinking about it and reexamining my own feelings about it, maybe it was the perfect time for me to get away and step out of my own grief and channel it into a more positive direction. And what a better time when your heart aches to deliberately immerse yourself something deeper into spirituality and that's what my whole trip so far has been to Asia kind of like a divine intervention I suppose if you believe in that kind of stuff (laughs) so I didn't really have a choice I had to go off to Asia because I had already planned my trip and why I'm broadcasting today it's crazy isn't it you really take a look at our internet and how I can really stretch it to the limits. I thought it would be fun to see if I could create a live show from Asia and if that would work clear across the globe and real time in the United States, which is noon and mine is midnight. 
Well, it's been a whirlwind since I arrived. I've been shuffling myself from place to place, and when the truck came up for me a couple months ago, I really had hesitations, like probably most of you, about going to Cambodia and Asia and going to different spaces over there. You know, we grew up in an era of suspicion towards this part of the world. And coming off a tail end of significant wars, and it really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, both sides of the continent, really, right? In the Asian countries towards us, vice versa, the Americans towards Asians. And if you really step back and look at it, the reality is it really didn't turn out good for either side. And unfortunately, I really believe that it created a lot of unwanted and unwarranted fears about foreign cultures and traditions over on this side of the world and almost massive hysteria towards the people here. You know, for some reason, we got this strange idea that they were overtly aggressive and somewhat less sophisticated in the ways of the world compared to where we were, I suppose, if you want to talk about that. And we were taught to believe that they were hedonistic when it came to their religious practices because there were practices and religions mostly foreign to us that most of us have not been associated with. In the way the Sikhs were a couple weeks ago, and in Cambodia, it's mostly Buddhism. You know, and we got this strange idea that their spirituality was based on mystic creatures with, like, superpowers from other places other than heaven or above. But, you know, now we've realized that that's just simple fodder and somewhat folklore that their spiritual daily practices would be based in such ludicrous and silly ideas. In fact, if you really want to get down to it, right now and in the past 10 years in the wellness industry, we're actually starting to adapt into practice of our daily culture things that they've been doing over here in Asia for years and centuries, such as Tai Chi, meditation, and yoga. A lot of us still operate from that archaic matrix that tells us that we are somewhat on opposite sides and not wanting the same thing of happiness and a good life and a simple life. So I ask you for the next couple minutes that we're together today, suspend your preconceived notions that you may have towards this part of the hemisphere right now. Really try to open your mind and your spirit just a little smidge today so I can tell you about my experiences that I've had over the last week here in Asia for the first time. I love to study historic religious history. It's one of my favorite things. I don't know, I just started it when I was young, and that curiosity just has gone throughout my adulthood. And I love visiting famous spiritual sites. I've been to the Mayan ruins in Chichen Itza in Mexico. I've been to the Vatican in Rome. I've visited Hindu temples in Canada. So when the opportunity to travel to Cambodia 
and see a temple city of Angkor Wat, which, quite frankly, I had never heard of, to be honest with you. And talking to my friends who have been out in the world, they too had never heard of this place called Angkor Wat in Siam Reap, Cambodia. And so I decided that I was going to go and visit this Angkor Wat in Cambodia because I had heard and read a lot of articles that it was a sight to see and man were they right. It was absolutely spectacular. I'm going to talk more about that after the break, but basically it was a lost civilization that spread over miles of this Cambodian, Cambodian jungle, and it was a Buddhist temple. In fact, it's, one of the, it's the largest Buddhist temple city in the world. I want to talk more about that, but now I want to tell you about the Cambodia people that I found when I got here, and specifically Siem Reap, where this Angkor Wat civilization is. You know, the first thing I thought of when I was coming here was third world. You can't help it. That's where your mind goes. It's what we've all been taught. And almost like it's one step above the animal kingdom with very little amenities like running water and electricity. And I feel rather stupid, I guess the word is, in my naivete that I kind of bought into that idea that that was what I was going to find. And I was taken back by my first sight of what I saw. And in fact, it's a very progressive state. They have a very good working infrastructure, obviously. I'm on the Internet here. And it works relatively up-to-date, and it's working just fine. They have figured out a way to coexist and keep their culture intact, which was just amazing to see through different ideas that they've been having forever, their open-air markets, and their traffic patterns are a little chaotic, but they seem to have organization in the chaos. I really had enough time to venture out of the city and tour into the jungle side. And if you ever have any inkling to go out there and do these kind of things, you really want to go out above and beyond the city grounds, and that's where you find the true existence of what these kind of people or any kind of people where you're visiting. So I really took a tour outside the city and was able to go into the jungle side of Cambodia and find out how the indigenous people live here beyond the tourist spots of Angkor Wat. Now let me warn you, it's not for the faint of heart. I can see how a lot of people, if you don't have that adventurous spirit and you're willing to get yourself a little down and dirty in the process, that this may not be the most ideal location for you. But I've decided and realized the golden nuggets of spectacular proportions. If you really want to find out who the people are and find things that imprint on your soul forever, you've got to go out hunting in the woods, so to speak. I was able to find this awesome tour guide, and he took us on these incredible 
tours up in the jungle, up in the mountains. I saw for the first time an awesome water, natural waterfall that I'd never seen before. But up amongst the hills and all the different jungle plants, there was a hand-carved sleeping Buddha up in the jungle hills that was over 45 feet long and carved out of natural stone. It was probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I was all stunned to the point where the gratitude and humbleness of the people that make their journey almost every month to be with this Buddha was overwhelming. And lastly, I was able to take a tour and see what's called a, what they call the water people. They're the indigenous group of fishermen and their families that live up in filled houses in the water built directly into a lake. I want to talk about more about them later in, in a later show because you could do an entire show on them. But after the break, I want to talk about Angkor Wat and exactly what I learned over there seeing Angkor Wat. We'll be right back after this break. Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude.
Welcome back. Before the break, I was introducing and talking about the ancient temples of Angkor Wat in Siam Reem, Cambodia. And I was telling you all that I really didn't know anything about it. I had never heard of this temple, what it was about, or anything um, pertaining to it. And I have to say, after I've been there, uh, I think that's a shame. I think it's a shame because it was one of the most breathtaking events in my short life that I've been here, and I hope that other people have the opportunity. Now, now when I'm talking people going, millions of people have found it, but millions more need to experience it. Let me tell you a little bit about a history, and then I'm going to feed you in on some of the energy stuff that I got from that um, place in particular. It is the largest known Hindu temple complex in the world right now. It was built by a king in the early 12th centuries to praise the deities of his religion, which were Hindu. After the king's death in the late 13th century, Angkor Wat, which is the name of this temple complex that covers hundreds and hundreds of uh, miles and acres in Cambodia, it moved away from Hinduism and transformed itself into a Buddhist worship temple. Now, it remained that way until around the 16th century when it slowly died away, and it was later discovered by a French explorer in the mid-19th century. And what's interesting about it and fascinating is that when you first come up to it, there's a small lake, but what you begin to see is that it's actually a moat that was built completely around the complex by the king centuries ago, and it's still intact, and when the French explorer found the um, ruins, they were still intact, and they're saying because it actually, the moat kept the jungle forest from crossing over the water and engulfing the ruins with the jungle forest. So it was preserved in the condition it is today. Of course, they've done a lot of restoration, and that's kind of a given. But anyway, what's amazing to me is that when I was there, and I'm sure many of you have already had this in your life, there's hundreds and hundreds of people filing in on every side of you, you know, and I got there when it opened immediately because I wanted to spend as much time as I could there. And, you know, each one of these people had come for their own personal reasons. Maybe they were Buddhists. Maybe they came to pay homage to the Hindu religion or the Buddhist religion or just spiritual and religious in general. Maybe some of them loved historical value, or maybe it's just a combination of both. Who really knows? But the important question here is what value do these monuments of ancient times and add value to our, mo- ma- our modern culture? If you think about these structures, and of course, they were, this one was absolutely beautiful. If you can take a look at the actual uh, blog talk radio. I put up a few pictures just to take your appetite because I'll be putting more out as I write about my experiences at this. But they liken it to the pyramids 
in Giza, where they just stone upon stone and release of all kind, every deities that you can imagine, pictures of Buddhas, people interacting. But if you really stop and think about the ancient structure itself, it's a static figurine. It hasn't changed since its inception. But yet it brings all these people in year after year. The difference is it's the people that bring the the dynamic part to the process of this temple. It's the part of people that keep looking and searching for something. And as I walked around and listened to the different languages and watched all the people interacting and going to different parts because there were baths, there were temples, there were Buddhist structures in the north, the south, and east, west, in the highest temple. And each temple represents a lotus petal. The architect was exquisite. I kept this nagging feeling kept coming to me. What is it that they're all here for? And I kept going back to the reality of faith. You know, the people come and go, and the figurines on the walls never change, but the message always stays the same. I find it ironic now that I've been to several of these different religious historic sites all over. I find it ironic how they're able to bring millions and millions of different people together from all walks of life. For one given moment, they're not fighting. There are no no religious factions, and they're all there to attend one perfect reflection of God made by man. Maybe they're just a bunch of curiosity history speakers, but they all want to know about ancient spirituality because that's our lineage we all come from. These structures are able to transcend those differences and bring us all together in one inclusive mass looking for greater spiritual awareness. What I feel sad about is the minute they all leave, some of them and many of them revert back to their judgmental corners. They take up where they left off in their judgmental thoughts of other religions and different spiritualities. But how odd is it that when you go to a place, we should keep reminding ourselves that the reason that faith exists is create a sense of identity a sense of greater purpose of why we're here. That's why those structures represent faith to all of us. They stand strong wars and disagreements and separations of our sense of ourself. But it's the faith, and in this, in this regard, at Angkor Wat, Hinduism and Buddhism, Buddhism, which is one of the most calmest kind of religions, and way of life that one can even aspire to be. It's like we all get an energy jolt that brings us back to that center space and understanding of why we are here to get a better awareness of ourselves and other people and not to convert or change their ways, but maybe just for an afternoon 
we can look at each other differently in a space of spiritual awareness. Enkor Wat to me was more about the idea of each one of us trying to get a better life of happiness. There were no different colors. There were no different religions or spiritual spaces. We were all mingling amongst each other. The last part I want to talk about is I've been to so many of these places. My first inkling is always to do an energy check. And ironically, you won't believe what I find. I usually find a very soft, quiet pulse of energy underlying and underrooting everyone that's in coming through it. It makes me very sad sometimes because it's hard to locate and it's hard to feel within myself because I believe so many people dilute this energy. It's diluted and deluged with millions of takers. I walked around that complex thinking how many people are taking from the energy of Angkor Wat but how many of us take the time to give back. It did feel like it was depleting energy. You have to remember, it's like we give and we give, and then we take and we take. And if we keep taking the energy from these places without giving back and taking a moment of honoring and leaving our energy, into helping it stay stable in its own ancient energy. We can have that kind of exchange of energy that people so desperately want when they go there year after year, century after century. But we all need to understand that it's not just about taking when we go to these places. It's about mutual respect mutual spirituality, and mutual grace on both sides. I have to say that I was very humbled by the the Cambodian people and their service and their graciousness to the outside world that come in to see their sacred space. They share it with love for each one of us to go. And I hope if you have the opportunity to set aside your own judgments of what you think you're going to find because I, too, had to step out of my own comfort zone and go into a place of unknown. But, gosh, I'm very sorry if I wouldn't have done that. I've walked away with such love and grace and understanding for the Cambodian people and honoring for Angkor Wat, the ancient structure that it represents of faith, identity, and higher purpose that each one of us are trying to achieve every day. I ask you this one challenge. Take time in your life once to go find a religious complex like Angkor Wat. Maybe you can't get to them. There's hundreds in America that you can find. You should try it just once to see what you find on your own. Next week I'll be off air and I will be 
coming back the first week in September, I'll be traveling home. So I hope that you will come back and visit at Blog Talk Radio. And as always, remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. See you high noon, 1st of September, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.